Hello, it's Danny Hal. Glad to be back uh, after a hiatus uh, for another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. And in this case, um, we are looking at a phenomenon that I actually did not know existed uh, all that much. But it turns out that if you grew up in a small town anywhere in America, pretty much the local papers, weekly, daily, what have you, have recorded many, many, many just mundane episodes in your life and for what for lack of news and so there is a service which allows you to access online all of the archived issues of these papers and in my case they go all the way back to 1834 which was not long after the whole county was even settled apparently there was a newspaper and many others after that and some of them are things like, you know, one was, I think I was 11, and so they reported that I had gone to visit my brother, uh, who lived an hour away, and then we planned to go to another town after that. And that was the entire story. But I'd always heard about one particular story that I wanted to see, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get to see this thing, but it just is something that I'm, I'm sorry I missed because it was of a different era. It was a story about my father being arrested in a gambling raid. And so I went looking for it, and darned if I didn't find it really without too, too great much difficulty doing so. And so it's from the daily paper of the county seat, which was uh, Bedford, Indiana, and has a big headline. It's the main story on uh, Saturday, May 2nd, and a big headline says, Arrest 11 in Gaming Raid at Tao's Tavern. And then there's a picture, a captioned raid scene, in which there are several gentlemen with some police, and in the foreground is my father, looking, if anything, maybe bored and somewhat miffed that his poker game was disrupted. But the story is, is written in dramatic fashion. And it says, um, I'm just going to read it because it's, it, I couldn't make this any funnier. A midnight gambling raid on a dim-lit room at the rear of Zeke Tao's friendly tavern, friendlier than we knew, uh, last night netted state, county, and excise police 11 arrests, 10 charges of visiting a gambling house, and one of operating a gambling house. That would make sense. The pre-planned, magnificently executed attack on the tavern was handled by upwards of a dozen law officers whose racing sweep into the establishment brought a bevy of spectators and ruined Police Chief Ernie Beaver's slumber. At this point, I'm totally confused. It says, it says uh, clad only in house slippers, pants, and pajama tops, the police chief burst into the Justice of Peace's makeshift court across the street from the tavern, demanding to know what's going on here. Another officer replied, it's already gone. Well, all right, so there's a whole list of people who posted bond and pled not guilty and some people who just paid the fine, and that apparently included my father. But then there's a, there was a, a debate between one of, the, uh, one of the, the folks and the police, and I wonder if it wasn't my father who got involved in this. It says that um, one of the half-seated, half-standing, and startled men reached for two handfuls of cash. A uniformed officer had to virtually follow his hands into his pockets to bring the money back out, estimated at $50. The man protested, saying, he took that money out of my pocket. I wasn't gambling. 
<laughs> the policeman says, well, that's right, it was out of your pocket. He says, yes, sir, he took it out of my pocket and he put it on the table. See, that, I guess, happens, you know, if you walk by a poker game, somebody might just grab money out of your pocket. Uh, it, it wasn't any more believable to them than it is to me, apparently. And the amazing thing is that this was just a, you had to involve every possible police unit that you could other than the FBI. And so the sheriff, whose department coordinated with excise and state police in making the raid, the first in the county since Velma Lockhart's nearly a year ago, said $114 was scooped up from the table and also confiscated were five decks of cards, two boxes of chance tip boards, don't know what that is, the table and all the chairs that the folks were sitting in. So those were all confiscated and we wonder what happened to Velma. And maybe that's one that I'll be able to search up in the 1958 uh, year for the newspaper at some point. So that one just was too wild not to share. And it's a bit of family history that I'm really glad that I've recovered and been able to uh, share uh, with other, everybody else going down the road here. Um, don't know why poker was illegal. I'm pretty sure it isn't now. I'm not sure, maybe it was, maybe you needed to sell tickets for it. I have no idea. Zeke continued to own that establishment for quite a while. It was the only drink establishment that regular people could kind of just go to. One was mostly for hardcore alcoholics and the other was for knife fighters. But Zeke's, I don't know that he ever returned to a life of crime or not, but there you go. There's uh, an exciting episode from the Wild West history of Southern Indiana from my years past, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Talk to you later.